This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. I'm Carmen Pate, your host for today's program. We were so glad that you've joined us today as we complete our exciting series with Dwight Edwards as he guides us through part three of No Greater Saga, an exciting sky-level overview of the Bible. Now, if you've missed previous weeks, I encourage you to listen to the programs from our Saving Grace archives and do share with others. Also, just to let you know, uh, Dwight has taught this as an online Bible study, and it's available through Grace School of Theology or his uh, own website, and we'll give you information about those at the end of our program. Well, our guest is Dwight Edwards. He's the founder and president of Revolution Within, whose vision is to develop spiritually passionate, humbly dependent, followers of Christ as they help believers develop their new hearts, their new lives, and new legacies in Christ Jesus. Dwight has pastored for over 30 years, most recently at Waters Edge Community Church in Houston. Dwight is a best-selling author of six books and a sought-out speaker, teacher, and facilitator. Facilitator. Well, Dwight, welcome back. Well, thank you, Carmen. Love being with you. Well, this has been such fun, and I look forward to uh, our discussion today. You know, one of the most widely quoted sections of the Gospels is found in Matthew and well known as the Sermon on the Mount, and we referenced that last week. But, you know, sadly, there are verses that are often taken out of context and misinterpreted. Help us to understand the significance of the message that was given by Jesus and the central, uh, the central points that he was trying to yeah. make. Great, great question. And I, I think that I would start by saying this. I think that the Sermon on the Mount was his stump speech. I, th- I, th- I think that he gave it all over uh, Galilee. And one of the reasons is we know for sure he gave it a second time from Luke 6. And yes. it's called the Sermon on the Plain. And it's slightly different uh, than, than which you'd expect. Uh, you'd expect from a stump speech. Yeah, of course. That, that, that would be. So I, I think it is, basically I like to put it is, it's the kingdom manifesto. Um, it's uh, the, 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 the document for a brand new revolution that he is about to launch, uh, I think very officially at that point in time. So, you know, he's 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 baptized, he goes up into uh, Galilee, mm-hmm. spends about a, a year, year and a half going around, teaching, preaching, so forth and so on. But the whole, the whole time he has his eyes out for, as the Marines would say, a few good men. Mm. And he's looking yeah. for uh, men who are faithful, available, teachable, who he can turn into fire-breathing disciple mm. makers. Mm. And uh, it, so it says, starting off the Sermon on the Mount, it's very fascinating. He says, and seeing the multitudes, he called his disciples. And you know, why would he say, seeing the multitudes, he calls 12 men? Mm-hmm. And it's the beauty of disciple making. If you want to reach the masses, focus on a few. Yes. If you want to reach the masses, focus on a few. Because in-depth multiplication will always outstrip addition. Mm. And so basically, what he's, I think what he's doing there yeah. is he, he'd had 70 around him. And out of the 70, he narrows it down to 12. 
And so basically these are the 12. So the Sermon on the Mount begins, I think, with him just speaking to the 12. I think it ends up with a large crowd who, mm-hmm. who, who hear about him and they're coming and they're, they're listening. That's sure. why it, it, it ends that way. But it, it initially, and I would just say, is that I think basically he's laying down the, um, I just like the term, the kingdom manifesto. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, every great revolution has had its central document. Of course, so, yes. You know, tragically, yeah. tra- tragically uh, Germany, Mein Kampf, mm-hmm. uh, Russia, mm-hmm. or the communist, um, mm-hmm. the communist manifesto. Yeah. Uh, even uh, Martin Luther's letters from a Birmingham prison, mm-hmm. I think, are another mm-hmm. great example of this. So I, I think this is the central document for the new revolution mm-hmm. that he is uh, instigating. And it's something that he, I think, gave multiple, multiple times. Um, huh. But very interesting. <clears throat> well, I, I think that's that's a lot of times is is, is overlooked. Um, and I I would very simply title. Well, I, I, I would say it's maybe there's. I think there's two main purposes to the to the uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to the sermon. One is how good do you have to be to get to heaven on your own. So, so yeah, you know, so so without a doubt, you know, I think, I think, but I don't think that's the main part. Uh I don't think that's the main part, but Uh I do think it's, it's, it's taking a shot. It's to kind of get that out of the way, Let's get that out of the way. So he he begins with that. And then at the end, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter Mm -hmm. the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my father. Uh, For in that day, many will say to me, and then he, he shows what legalism will get you and no, that's nowhere. Um, But... The, the bulk of it, again, I would just use the, the, mm-hmm. the phrase, lead by surprise. Mm-hmm. I'm going to train you to be walking surprise factors. So we start with just the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the character qualities that are surprising in a world that's gone mad for its own ego, mad for its own meaning. Yeah. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He highlights above all else humility. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you walk your way through there. Personally, I think that if you're going to use one verse as the theme of the whole whole thing, I think mm-hmm. it's five sixteen. And there he's he's moved from the beatitudes to saying, you know, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, city set on a hill, you know. And then he says in verse sixteen, let your light, and he doesn't say shine. So that's the key. So shine. He says, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now the issue is this. Every religion teaches let your light shine. Hmm. Every one of them. Christianity doesn't. Christianity teaches let your light so shine. So that it's, burning bush factor. It's the burning bush. <laughs> that is exactly, exactly what we're going to say. Yeah. Is that the Sermon on the Mount is basically fodder for developing burning bushes. Yeah. But, but note, and notice what he says. Let your light shine in such a way uh-huh. that men see your good works, right. but they are monumentally more impressed with the God behind you than mm. the works themselves. Mm. Mm. Be God's walking surprise factor, his mm. wow factor, his burning bush. So you walk your way through and it yeah. just comes up again and again and again. Yeah. We mentioned last time the Roman soldier. Yeah, yeah. You know, be the burning bush, the Roman soldier, take his pack and extra vial. If somebody strikes you on the right cheek, turn. Turn. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have, um, you know, extra, I mean, it just goes on and on. It does. Um, 
and then, just reading it, we go, well, gosh, we can't do that. Yeah, I don't have the power yeah. to do that. And, and I would say every yeah. every it, it hemorrhages with the word surprise uh-huh. because the great issue of the Christian life is the glory of God. And the yeah. glory of God is always surprising. Yeah. You know, so, yes, it's a high bar. And it's really all only what he can do. Yeah. 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 So um, he's enlisting this, this this group of commandos now uh-huh. who are going to go out. And I, I, I like the term. They're going to lead by surprise. They are going to give the gospel, mm-hmm. but they're going to set the stage mm-hmm. by the things that they've done. So, you know, you get a number of things like uh, that, that are actually doable, although it requires the supernatural at every turn. You know, it's doable to walk that extra mile. Mm-hmm. But you're going to need the grace and the power of God to do it with a good attitude, mm-hmm. you know, right. and so forth. <laughs> right. um, then I think it's he takes a major shot at false religiosity, oh. and 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 this is where you have some of the strong, strong. I mean, basically, do not be like tired, worn out Phariseeism. Mm-hmm. So you've heard it said, um, um, you know, where when you you pray. Um, you, you, you pray that you may be seen of men. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, my kingdom, that's not how it works. Yeah. When you pray, you go into a closet mm-hmm. and you close the closet so that nobody knows that you're praying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When um, you... Um, well, when you give. Are, when you give. Yeah. That's right. When you give. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really hysterical one. When you give alms, and he and he makes a statement, do not be as the Pharisees who sound a trumpet. Well, <laughs> yeah. in all of Judaism, there's no record ever of a, of a, of a, a rabbi or a Jew sounding a trumpet before he gave. Okay. And I think the point is Jesus had this hysterical uh, sense of humor that we don't typically pick up. I think that people were dying laughing when he said, oh, my gosh, that's what they might as well the way they give. They might as well blow a trumpet to get people's attention. You know, and I love what he says is, no, we're part of a new kingdom. And when you, you yeah. when you give, you don't let your right hand know what your left hand is. Doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, it's such uh, it's one of my absolute favorite passages uh, it, it could be it, it, it could be seen as being incredibly discouraging I can never live up to this mm-hmm. which would be a good start because yeah. you can't live up to it right right but that's the whole point of the new covenant yeah is is that but Jesus can live that through you yeah you know, again so. it's that I will exactly. instead of exactly. you shall exactly yeah. but yeah. but um, anyway so I, I this is why I think it's a, it's a mm-hmm. it's incredibly significant. I, I, I yeah. think it doesn't get the press that it should. No, personally, no. I, I think, and and I think a lot of people say, well, that's ridiculous. That's just too high a bar, you know. Yeah. Well, glorifying God is a very high bar, uh-huh. you know, but it can be done in the power power of the it spirit, is, yeah. and it has been done throughout the century. Yeah, I, I just love your passion. I it, it, it I can't wait to go home now and read that. Read the Sermon just, on the Mount again. And just, and I, I'm just telling you, <laughs> yeah. look for the, just think of the word surprise and see yeah. if it doesn't hemorrhage all over the place. Oh yeah, of course. You of know, course. basically, um, you know, this is this is the life, the lifestyle that catches the attention of cynical, unbelieving people, mm. and at least enables Christianity to give them a second look. No doubt about know? it. So. No doubt about it. Wow. You mentioned that there's a major shift in the second half of Jesus's ministry from the first. What prompted the shift and, and how did it change? Well, uh, it seems to me the first half of his ministry, he's uh, winning the right to be heard. He's establishing his credentials. Mm-hmm. 
And so he's going around uh, Galilee, uh, healing, yeah. uh, teaching, you know, uh, uh, raising um, the dead, you know. But, but you know, basically, Casting it's, it, it's yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. flurry of miracles. Yeah, you know. And um, about halfway through, it, it looks like the the miracles, the the spectacular miracles, so to speak, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you know, take a significant, significant decline, mm-hmm. and the teaching takes a significant uh, mm-hmm. uh, incline. You know, he picks mm-hmm. up the the teaching. So you see this especially in Luke, but but in all the Gospels, there's mm-hmm. just a, a, because I think what's happening is he's establishing his credentials in the first half, right. but now he's trying to make disciples in the second half. Mm-hmm. In other words, he, yeah. I mean, this is something to realize. He stakes everything on 12 men. Yeah. You know, and so I think the second half. And what a what an interesting group of men. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> right? I mean. Who would have? Who yeah. would have chosen them? And that's the whole point. If, if yeah. they can do it, anybody can that's do it. That's right. You know, and so the second half, I think, is, is basically pouring into them, knowing that he's living on borrowed time. Yeah. You know, five times he tells, he said, let these words sink down deep into your ears. <laughs> yeah. The Son of Man is going up. He will be crucified, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and once he is, you continue on. You know, you, you think of a lot of different adjectives for the life of Jesus. Surely surprising is at the top oh, of the list. Oh, no doubt. Surely it's at the top of the list. Mm. You know, and, and so basically he's just trying to form an army of, of men and women who are going to, in the power of the Spirit, try to emulate that same lifestyle. But, yeah. but they are going to do what he did. I think this is an important time to talk about this. When we think of Christ's likeness, mm-hmm. What is it that we primarily kind of think of when we when we think of Christ likeness? Is it not character? Yeah. Which which without a doubt, you know, when yeah. we, when yeah. we, we talk about becoming like Christ. That's right. You know, his faithfulness, his, his faithfulness, love, his, his love, yeah. which which yeah. is. Yeah. But what we forget about is also included in that package, if you will, mm-hmm. is making disciples. Jesus came as a man on mission. He knew very specifically mm-hmm. why he was here, what he was about, and central to it all was taking 12 men and pouring into them oh, in depth yeah, yeah. so that when he leaves, they carry on. And my mm-hmm. concern is this. You cannot talk about Christ's likeness without talking about mission as well as character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we only talk about character. Absolutely, you have to have character. But mission is central to Christ's likeness. Yeah. And that's why... The last thing that Jesus will tell the men that he's been working with before he ascends up in the heavens is go and, and he doesn't say be a disciple. He says what? Go make, and make disciples. Make disciples. Make disciples. Paul, in his closing letter to Timothy, I think summarizes what he wants more than anything else from Timothy when he says, and the things you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, the same in trust of faithful men who will turn mm-hmm. and do the same thing, just as Jesus modeled for us. Yeah. Um, yes. So I, 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 that's why I think that second half is focusing very, very much on the mission that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. And the best way to save the lost, to get to the lost, is establish an army of well-trained yeah. um, disciples. Yes, yes. And, and sometimes I think that's read and we go, oh, yeah, they're talking about pastors. Pastors absolutely. are supposed to do that. No, it's no. you and me. It, absolutely. Right? No, yeah. Everybody can do it. Everybody yeah. should do it. And, yeah. and the last book I wrote uh, was asking the question, 
Why were the first 300 years of Christianity monumentally better than anything we've ever seen? And nobody can argue that. Yeah. You know, the, 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 it wasn't a perfect 300 years, but it was so, so much better than anything we've ever, ever seen since. Accomplished so uh, accomplished much. So much. Exactly. These who have turned the world upside down mm-hmm. have come here also. That was not mm-hmm. said after mm-hmm. the, about 350, 350 AD. Yes. Um, and one of the main reasons is everybody was in the working world. There was no clergy. There was no church buildings for 300 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul himself, I, I think we, we a lot of times don't pay enough attention to it. If he's not in prison or on the road, he's making tents. Yes. yes. Now, he's also proclaiming the gospel and discipling while he's making tents. But nonetheless, that's that's what's happening. And um, so there's there's unique power to being in the working world. Mm-hmm with the message of Jesus. Well, your circle of influence. It's your circle of influence and your credibility. I I can tell you, I never let people know that I'm meeting for the first time that I'm a pastor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Never. Because it's end of conversation. Yeah. For the most part. You know, yeah. The wall goes yeah. up. And yeah. it's, it's not malicious. You no. know, it's just, well, okay, you know, this God talk, you know, so you get paid to do. So I yeah. try to keep different disguises on board. Yeah. You know, former tennis pro, uh, you know, an author, whatever. Oh. It, keep, it keeps me from, uh, and then there are times that being a pastor is it's a helpful you know, disguise to, to let people know, but but mm-hmm. anyway, that's an aside <laughs> for sure on it. No, but I I, I hear what you're saying yeah. because we we want people to be transparent with us in conversation. Well, and and, and, and back yeah. to what you said yeah. is that uh, you know these were just ordinary men. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and then they were fishermen and they were tax collectors and they yeah. were people we would never have chosen, but God used them to turn the world upside down. Exactly. And, he, and He's using those kinds of people to this day. He certainly say. is. Because it's a surprise factor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it truly really is. Uh, you know, personally, my favorite books in the Bible are the epistles. Mm-hmm. I love the letters to the churches and individuals, yeah. and, uh, and and because they're so relevant right. to us, particularly in the New Covenant, right? Uh, so uh, help us to understand the two types of letters, mm-hmm. uh, if you will, and, and uh, the purpose behind those right. letters. Well, I like to put it this way, that you have uh, corrective epistles and you have non-corrective epistles. Corrective epistles are mostly epistles. And that means that he's writing to correct something that's off. So in Colossians, mm-hmm. Gnosticism, and Galatians, legalism, and yeah. in 1 Corinthians, is libertinism, you know, all these different things. Um, but there are two epistles that it seems to me that as he's writing them, he, they, he's not writing them to correct something that's wrong, he's, he's writing them to take them deeper into full-out spirituality. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I think without a doubt, the most important document in the history of the world is Romans. Mm. Um, it's not the, um, uh, the, you know, the, the only important document, but I would say, yeah. obviously, the Bible is the most important document. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that there's a, a, a book in the Bible that brings more spiritual territory together in a shorter amount of time than this one epistle, Romans, mm-hmm. and and um, mm-hmm. so it's it's you know it's very carefully sequenced. It's mm-hmm. it's just Christianity A to Z, yeah. you know. And then I, and one of the things I like to say is why did Paul write Romans? And the answer, simple answer is this: he couldn't not write it. Hmm. He he so badly wanted to see the Romans. We find this in the first chapter. You know, he just I wanted to come again and I couldn't. He said, yeah. but basically. I, 
I couldn't get to you personally, but I can't hold it back. <laughs> yeah, I just got to tell you this. Yeah. So here's 16 chapters. <laughs> Boom. You know, right. but, but it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't good, deep theology. It, it, it was a man on fire. It was the mm. burning bush yeah. saying, these are the essentials. And so it was very yeah. carefully sequenced. So I would say both Romans and Ephesians mm. are the, the, the two epistles mm. that it seems to me um, that are basically saying this is Christianity A to Z. Yeah. And, and, they, and they both follow exactly the same game plan, which we would do well in the church to follow. Mm, and mm. that is they all begin with resource and then they move to responsibility. Yes, yes. Each one. Call to action. You're Chat, right. You know, one to three is, mm-hmm. re- is resource. Mm-hmm. But then four through six is built entirely off the resources. In other words, mm-hmm. What you find in uh, Ephesians four to six in Romans is 12 through 16. The bar is so high. If you don't have the the, the first part, the resources, you have no chance of pulling mm-hmm. this off. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so uh, which is you know similar to what we were talking about in terms of new covenant. You know, and this is I think so crucial. You know, yeah. when 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 we sense that the re, that the responsibility mm-hmm. is greater than the resource that we have to work with, discouragement in every oh, sense. Well, of it's too heavy. You know. When we sense that the resource more than matches the responsibility, it incites hope. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't do it, but maybe if I give Jesus the chance, he can. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what I would say with the epistles is yeah. is the, yeah. the the two that are what I would call non-corrective epistles, just mm-hmm. Christianity A to Z. Uh-huh. Uh Is uh, Romans and Ephesians, but I find it interesting. That in what we call the applications, and this gets back to the burning bush, this gets back to surprising Christianity. Yeah. yeah. The responsibility section in Ephesians 3 through 6 and Romans 12 through 16 are very different. Mm. Now, there are some similarities, mm-hmm. but he talks about government in Rome. That's like, right. Like, like nowhere else. Yes, yes. You know? mm-hmm. And what I think he's doing is in each location that he's writing, He's thinking, now, how could they be burning bushes mm. in that specific location? Yeah, yeah. So in Rome, we have to talk about government. Yeah. Because that's such a huge part of their lives there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Ephesians over here, we're going to talk about the, the soldier, which he does in, in, in Roman. Mm-hmm. So, and then I think in, in really all the epistles, when, he go, when he's thinking of application, he's thinking of application in that particular setting mm-hmm. um, that is going to... In, you know, uh, spawn um, curiosity. Of course, you know, of course. Curiosity. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I chuckled at a, a meme on, in social media recently. It said, if Paul were alive today, the church would be getting a letter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is probably true, it's right? True, yeah. But then I got to thinking, but, but his letters are so relevant to today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, you can go back and read looking, well, how is it relevant to, to the church today? That, and they are. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. so uh, that's another beautiful thing about yeah. the word is right. uh, it doesn't grow old. That's right. That's exactly, yeah. exactly right. Yeah, yeah, um, I so look forward to the return of Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like daily. Come, Lord right. Jesus. And I know Christians all over the world uh, are watching and waiting. What are some of the things that you suggest that we be watching for and waiting for uh, in these last days? Well, um, you know, I, I obviously 
he will return it could return at any moment so yeah. you know what is i just you know to, to live life on tiptoe you know i think mm-hmm. you already mentioned mm-hmm. you know we're so looking forward to that and and the and the early church lived under the spell of the return of christ yeah. coming at, at at any time you know yeah. I, you know i think it pretty easy to argue early on nobody expected to die and so first thessalonians that's why he has to write and yeah. say yes you know i never said that no you wouldn't die right but that's that is how uh, intensely they were watching and waiting and, and just convinced, okay, Christ is going to return in our lifetime. And then, you know, cynics will come along and say, well, look, you know, they thought Christ was going to come in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. He didn't come, so forth. There's been thousands of years. But, yeah. but what they don't talk about is the fact that no church in the history of the church has been more effective in their lifetime than this church who believed Jesus was turning their lifetime. Uh, so what it does is it, 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 it saves us from the illusion that things are just going to go on and on and mm. on, you know, yeah. uh, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, um, you know, and, and there's the standard things to, to look for in terms of, of, of prophecy. And that's why it's worth, you know, setting out, uh, obviously the, the return of the Jews in 1948, mm-hmm. Israel being established yes. as a nation, you know, obviously that's a huge, huge issue that kind of really continues the ball, uh, the ball moving. Yeah. Um, you know, economically, uh, one of the things that, you know, we centuries and centuries could never fathom is that there'll be a one world economic system. Yeah. And yet, that's and now even, it, it almost, very possible, you can you know? figure it out. So you have, you have all kinds of great, mm-hmm. um, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, signposts, I guess. Of course. Things, things to look for. But I do think what is 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 most significant yeah. is that, uh, you know, we realize that the rapture can happen at any time. Yeah. But Jesus is setting up of the eternal kingdom. Two things have to happen. One is Israel has to ask Jesus back at the end of the tribulation. Um, but the other is this. There have to be men and women from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. So I would say high, high on the list is let's get the gospel out to the remaining people groups that have yet to hear for the first time. And people think that everyone has. Yeah, and, but and, that's, and that's not, not true. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are about 17,000 people mm-hmm. groups uh, worldwide, and uh, you know, a good half of them have been reached. Yes. There's another one-fourth approximately who there are people on the way, but you, you really couldn't consider them reached. And there's about a fourth they're still living in abject darkness. Yeah. You know, they they deserve, in my estimation, a one-time hearing of the word of the gospel before people over here hit here for the thirtieth time. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think I think you know a big, well, in fact, Peter, this is what's fascinating is that Peter himself says that that we can speed up time, mm. that we can speed up the return of Christ. So he says in Second Peter three, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Mm. Now, how can mere mortals hasten the coming of the day of God? Go share the gospel. That's it. Yeah. Because that's where Matthew 24, 14, yeah. Jesus said, this gospel will be preached in all the world as witness to all the wow. nations, and then the end shall come. Um, so I'm all for, you know, knowing the signs and looking for them and so right. forth. But let's, right. let's, let's be sure that we're staying on target with, you know, what we've been called to. That, that's why the last words Jesus gives is, go make disciples. Of all nations. Be the burning bush. Be the burning bush. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Dwight, it's just always a pleasure to oh, have it's you so with fun. us yeah, love, on love, Saving Grace. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, we, we just uh, look forward to the next topic and to bring you back. Me too. Uh, thanks for stirring our passion to dig deeper into the Word. 
Uh, and thanks to you, our listeners. I pray our series has blessed you. Perhaps you'd like to learn more about Dwight Edwards, his ministry, his books. Uh, go online to gsot.edu. That's gsot.edu. There you can check out all of Dwight's resources. Check out all the opportunities that we have here at Grace School of Theology. We're so glad you've tuned in. Please tell others about saving grace. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and it can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.